You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. Jedi were kidnapping fucking children for a religion and let not letting them see their families and not letting them fuck. So yeah, there's a there's a fine line between a religious terrorist organization and some guys with some big fucking tanks. So like, <laughs> all right, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Couch Potatoes. Morrison <laughs> and I'm Alex. Where you're picking us up mid conversation discussing how if the Empire actually abolished slavery or if the Jedi's abolished slavery because. My stance on this was, okay, you had little orphan Annie Skywalker uh, being a slave to Watto and his trade, but I still see that as the, you know, the evil side, the it, the Empire, whatever you said the Empire was back then, I forget the... Yeah, they, they were the Galactic Alliance. Okay, so it's like either way, the, the bad guys were the ones that were putting people into slave camps where the Jedis, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, came and liberated Qui-Gon didn't liberate shit. He bought somebody on a bet. He liberated him, though. He bought him on a bet. When, he won him on a bet. By the time Clone Wars <laughs> happens, guess what? Annie's mom is still a slave and died because she got kidnapped. Because of sand people. Sand people. Yeah, the outer rim full of archaic terrorist religious groups who live in the desert. I wonder what that fucking sounds like. So, so, so the Jedi are a bunch of fucking Taliban. No. <laughs> okay, so you're meaning to tell me the sand people are Jedi. No. Well, that's they're the Mujahideen, right? So, so how are you saying that the Empire abolished it? Episode one, two, and three. Right, the Empire doesn't exist. It's the Galactic Alliance. Splitting hairs. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. I know. I know what you mean. How does how does Annie's mom die? Uh, Get to that point. He had to buy her. The guy who was fucking her bought her from Watto. Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, they're fucking teenagers by that time. Yeah. And by the time Obi-Wan comes back and drops Luke off, slavery's gone. It's mentioned in the Obi-Wan series. Hey, what's Obi-Wan? He's working a job. He's not a fucking slave. <laughs> so, like, when he goes to downtown Tatooine, there's no slaves anymore. Right. Okay? You have poor people, which is drastically different from slaves. The Empire got the rid real of... the real world, not really. The Empire got rid of the clones because they took our jobs and, so, <laughs> and hired a job workforce. Okay? I'm just saying George Lucas is pro-Taliban. <laughs> God damn it. Just saying. And a little racist. <laughs> we need to do another Star Wars episode. We, we kicked the series off with a whole bunch of Star Wars. And shout, out, shout out to the guy who played Jar Jar Binks for coming back. Dude. I watched it. I haven't watched the episode, but I heard he, they brought him back. Good for him. Yes. I'm, okay. No spoilers. I mean, because I'm not going to tell you what his role is. But yes, yeah. Ahmed Best does show up in the new Mandalorian series in this most recent episode. And it was one of those scenarios of he showed up on screen and I was like, is that him? 
is that Ahmed? He just winds up looking really familiar, and it's like you want to place him. And then, of course, all the fucking reviewer videos yeah. after that. It's like Jar Jar Binks is back in the Star Wars universe. It's like no, yeah. he's not. <laughs> Ahmed Best is, and yeah. he deserved a lot better than what yeah. Jar Jar gave him. Yeah, he, did, he deserved to keep on. Keep, I'm surprised they haven't brought back Kira Knightley mm-hmm. to play like the double of Padme, like an age double because she's still alive technically. Darth Vader hasn't killed her yet. <laughs> in the obi-wan series so like yeah she'd still be alive well how's it been going with you man it's like this first week not living here and everything yeah, else tiring they, fucking feel you it's like you're working third shift yeah probably after recording let's go straight yeah. back to work and yeah. nothing like a podcast with breakfast essentially yeah, yeah. <laughs> my breakfast was a whopper <laughs> Well, half the time, my breakfast wound up being like a bag of chips and an energy drink, so I can't say anything. Yeah, I don't even need to work anymore. If I could. <laughs> well, you don't. You can, because you used to work food service, and you would just be like, free food. Yeah. You can't really eat wires. No. Well, you no. can. You can't die. Uh, this wouldn't be recommended. No. I make auto parts now, so it's all right. Yeah, that's pretty good. Just something to add to the weird resume of Chris Morrison. <laughs> What'd you do? Solar. What'd you do before that? I made candy at a factory. <laughs> What'd you do before that? Food service. Food service. What you do before that? Retail. <laughs> what are you doing now? Selling, Wires. Selling drugs. <laughs> selling drugs. You know who loves drugs? Third shift operators. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah, dude. That's that's the only way they can actually do their fucking job. Oh, but speaking job. of uh, speaking of candy, real quick, did you hear about the uh, one of those Hershey factories? No, but save that for our news segment because yeah. we're a little light on news. We're a little light today so we're just having a little bit of a hangout day and and also folks uh get a little bit more used to some of the hangout stuff because with morrison no longer being a roommate we're gonna have to do a couple zoom episodes or teams episodes um simply because again you're you're working like seven fucking days a week dude gonna get to that yeah so there's gonna be times where audio quality may not be as you guys are used to getting but we're still teams you Let me pull out Microsoft Teams. <laughs> but no, we, um, I actually did get a couple messages uh, from folks that heard the last episode, and they're like, so is Couch Potatoes done? No, 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 no. This shit ain't done. We didn't just put out merch for this just to now be done. <laughs> we're going to pre- persevere because it's like, I mean, tech- no, I'm not, we're not a band from the 90s that just goes defunct overnight because someone got a, a stick up their ass. <laughs> no, 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 no. This, this is still rocking. We're still going good. It's just I am no longer have a roommate. I have an office again. So I can fully set that stuff up and just on a dime be able to record something online. So until I get that bed out of there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? Who knows? I, I, it's changes, but actually changes that don't freak me the fuck out like they usually do. Because usually when something changes, I'm like, well, I, there goes everything. I don't like change. <laughs> <laughs> well, just usually the change in my life winds up being like, oh, well, this is different. That's not happening anymore. <laughs> this isn't the case, though. So yeah. that's going to be nice. As long as my work schedule still works out, but it seems like um, well, thanks know. for showing up. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that, the hard that, part. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was told. Uh, my job, my job, literally said, "Hey, cool, you showed up." And guess what? I was one of three people that showed up that were supposed to show up all the time. Out of how many? Out of three. Out of three. There was three of us that were hired the same day. Yeah, and, and you were the only one. I was the only one. <laughs> okay, I thought you were saying you and three other people were the only ones that showed up on time. Yeah, Damn. I was in orientation with a couple people, and they. I guess dipped. Like, I'm just like, God damn. Like, you wasted time for orientation, but then I guess. Well, I mean, I, I kind of did that too. I mean, there was that one um, job that I went to, and I thought it was just going to be like basic ass marketing. But when 
it wound up not being marketing. It was, we're going to set you up outside of this Aldi with a little tent and you got to talk to motherfuckers as they're walking back and forth, you know, get them to sign up, you know, for whatever service. We're I would have stabbed, stabbed you if I was walking out of Aldi's. To ask me some those, weird fucking question. I hate those motherfuckers. And like literally, it was 10 minutes on the job watching it. And I walked up to the training manager. I was like, is this all we do? She's like, um, about maybe four days out of the five, yes. I was like, is this a cult? Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> then you know what? No, I think I'm good. And she was like, so, oh, okay, well, if this is too difficult for you. That's how they get you. That's how the cult gets you. Trust me, I know. It's like, you... I'm not even, no, both of us know that this is not difficult and you know, that's not the issue here. Do not try. (laughs) I would have been like, well, selling crap seems more ethical. So (laughs) at least I know they want the crack. All right, Franklin, (laughs) (laughs) but Franklin doesn't sell crack. He sells cocaine and someone else makes it into crack. (laughs) Get Get it it right. right. (laughs) Jesus. But on that note, we might as well go ahead and bust on over to our news segment because there is actually a couple little things we can discuss. Hit that music. And uh, one of the things Chris brought up uh, yeah. that you were looking at. Uh, yeah, so uh, speaking of candy factory that I used to work at, uh, they had a, a chocolate factory exploded in Pennsylvania this Friday. Yeah, tell me about those. Yeah, so it's in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, okay. also known as the Ra- Reading Railroad. In yes. Monopoly. Mm-hmm. That's where that comes from. That's what it's named after. Got but it. but it's a giant chocolate factory that up and just exploded. And they found like it was a gas leak or something that happened and it kept going up, up, up. And a lot of chocolates, a lot of it's automated. Yeah. But Jesus, there's video of it. It's fucking radical as shit to Holy watch. It's shit. just like a stationary camper, camera. You can tell it's like a security camera. And then all of a sudden, poof. Like, really, Wonka was actually building some meth back there. Oompa Loompas are unionizing, man. We can't be having that shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but Hershey, yeah, it's a, it's a subsidiary of the Hershey company. And uh, Hershey's actually going in big trouble now because uh, some inspector found that if you ate more than two ounces of chocolate, you've been exposed to heavy metals. Uh, not not the band, but, the, <laughs> but like but like cadmium and lead so like that's not good so stop eating hershey bars this fucking dear d tier chocolate to begin with yeah maybe <laughs> it used to be the bees knees for europe because uh, soldiers were liberating them and handing them hershey's and they're just like oh now we don't like hershey's you liked it when americans were handing it to you when you were escaping nazis you piece of shit so kiss that, my ass <laughs> that uh there's a uh uh I hardly hazard to call him a YouTuber. He's Jordan, uh, that guy that talks to himself in the mirror and does the come here. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, he, he had one too. His theory is that the reason why Hershey and all these other candies used to be better in the late 90s and mid, uh, I mean, the late 80s and mid 90s was because it was in the foil wrapper, yeah. gave it a certain kind of flavor and a certain feel than all these paper and plastic packages well, do. It's kind of like, it's kinda like uh, the plastic bottle situation. With sodas, sodas don't taste great in plastic. Taste better in cans or glass bottles. You know, this is this idea. Oh, I think it tastes better in a uh, bottle compared to a can. Can is I, like the worst for me. I don't know if you grab like a cheer one out of a can, it tastes better. For the first two minutes, yeah, and then, then it goes flat. flat. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I found out something. Ghost never goes flat. I left that motherfucker in my car for like a day. It didn't go flat. But, oh, oh I, well, it's because that shit isn't even like you know barely drinkable. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, 
but yeah so like it's like the family guy thing of like peter you can't make your own energy drink he's like yes i can gasoline mm-hmm. eggs yeah. <laughs> it just like makes this horrible concoction i remember like uh so hershey is just mass-produced chocolate it's just milk chocolate too so when you compare it to actual chocolate it's not chocolate so that's one thing you got to think about plus they use corn syrup now instead of sugar that's another big thing uh another thing uh, another kind of uh, you remember uh, pops the cereal yeah and it was an aluminum foil bag when you opened the box holy fuck that just sent me back i've completely yeah. forgot they did that yeah it was a it was a paper and full on bag. why did they do that because it's freshness it's just freshness but no what i can't think of another it prevents it prevents, bag that did. But, but it prevents condensation within the bag so but that's because pops is so packed with sugar that they were sticking together those were some of the good ones yeah and you know what i was the weird kid i liked kick cereal yeah that was good Kicks are for communists. <laughs> Kicks are for kids, goddammit. That's tricks, and they killed a rabbit for it. East is around the corner. You better remember that shit. <laughs> oh, that God. shit hits different, like a dad on meth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the only other piece of news I really saw that was even kind of noteworthy is uh, some new set photos leaked from Joker 2. Actually, yes. so after all these deep fakes and AI mm-hmm. photos, we actually finally get the first look of Lady Gaga as Harley, Harley Quinn in the new Joker series yeah. uh, movie. Not that bad. Yeah. Like, uh, did you wind up seeing the photos? Yes. Uh, they kind of look like scars on her eyes. They do. A little bit. Uh, I, I know they're going to go kind of like a different way with it, obviously, because the Joker's a fucking weird ass movie anyway and it's basically taxi driver <laughs> like it's, it's taxi driver it's the movie taxi driver yeah he goes it's it's literally a guy who looks like robert and you going nuts slowly going nuts and he's talking to himself in the fucking mirror he kills somebody famous that's literally happens in the goddamn movie so yeah i could see this being like taxi driver to harley quinn you know just like, <laughs> like it, uh I'm not excited to see it actually because I'm just like the Joker was okay. Everybody was all, like, "Oh my god, it's the greatest cinematic masterpiece." I'm like, "Get the fuck out of here!" I think the reason everyone was really it's no down- voodoo, it's no voodoo apocalypse. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's no uh, gargantuan man or um, first of all, amazing, amazing colossal, colossal man. man. Thank get you. Get that right. Yes, get it right, son. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say I'm crazy excited about this either. Um, but but at the same time, to talk about what you were saying with everyone calling this but like a huge cinematic masterpiece and all that, I think the reason why people really wound up loving that movie as much as they did is you've got the whole subsect of people that like see Marvel movies as nothing but kids movies, period. You can't tell them otherwise this, but then the DC movies had not been very good. Now you've got a DC property that treats itself as if it's not a comic book movie, treats itself as if it's a horror drama, a psychological thriller. And then you get like actual murders and intense scenes and stuff that maybe Marvel wouldn't touch. So now all of a sudden you've got all these people that are the DC hardcore fanboys that get just a pretty decent movie for once sitting here going it's the greatest fucking thing ever because they just finished watching justice league yeah <laughs> it's, 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 and it's another thing too it's like this is just a fractured you know property everybody's like making something like Zack snyder's apparently getting back into the dc game with his own thing i'm just like okay fine good luck 
going toe to toe with the fucking actually property owners you know what i'm saying like yeah he could probably make it it's fine but good luck you know at least there was you know as much as we talked about it, there was some cohesion between marvel disney and sony yeah like there was some cohesion like can we just do this be limited on this yes you can have michael keaton and jared leto <laughs> and that's the only thing that's another thing i fucking hate is a jared leto is gonna be the new tron movie uh so i was excited like tron legacy was the shit yeah, was i the remember cool, that it was one of the coolest movies disney made and they're just like oh our next one will have jared leto it's like shut the fuck up boo they just need to keep him away from any stage because i don't like his yeah. band either yeah. <laughs> yeah oh the soundtrack's 30 seconds to mars i'm gonna be really fucking pissed <laughs> <laughs> you, you took a cool property with jeff bridges and fucking ruined it <laughs> oh my god uh, i had another piece Oh, uh, something in my head. I just lost it, though. But uh, there was something that Quentin Tarantino stated he'll be uh, filming his last movie coming up. He's going to be doing his last movie soon. Interesting. Why does has he mentioned why this is like going to be his last foray into the film? I think he had he had a plan of what he wanted to make, and you know he had collabed with Robert Rodriguez and a couple other people, and this will be his last film. He said this is going to be like not his magnum opus, but like his tale of the ending of the ninth and final film of Quentin Tarantino. That's interesting. But yeah, just, I wonder why he's deciding to kind of get away from it all. I don't know. Cause the last, his, almost all his movies are fantastic. I've yeah. never, I've never seen a bad Quentin Tarantino movie and there is like some weird connections between all of them. Like I think my favorite probably is still Django or Inglorious Bastards. Was just, was, Django was good. Honestly though, I think it's good because I went to the theater and saw it. Yeah. And, it was opening night and I was with nothing but black people in the theater and it was just me the whitest kid you know and like I'm just laughing my fucking ass off at every part I, I actually I need to rewatch that one and actually and I found out the other day that my girl has yet to see Pulp Fiction oh oh boy oh yeah hey honey bunny <laughs> why not you sit down and watch this depraved Shakespearean act play in front of you but do you know what time is it doesn't mean shit in Pulp Fiction <laughs> But the thing is, is like she's all of a sudden, like she started like showing me that like she watches like some of those more intense type movies and shows, yeah, like Faces of Death or something. Well, I'm just while I'm sitting here, going, I, would, I, would, I would love to see your fucking face when you come home one night and she's what's watching like beheading videos from the Taliban, like something I would do like in middle school. Like I would love you to see your goddamn face of her watching, you know, Faces of Death. Babe, what the fuck are you doing? And she's just sitting there eating kicks, just like it's their pops or whatever the fuck. Um, I actually did remember uh, what my final piece of news was. I was thinking about bringing it up last week, but there still wasn't like a lot of coverage on it. Um, since then, there's been a YouTuber that made a video that actually had the um, company reach out to them and be like, cut some of that shit out, asshole. Yeah. Um, and since then, they've removed the video and redone it. So now I know what I can and can't talk about. Um, but it is official news that kevin smith is no longer a traveler of the green he no longer smokes weed anymore why is it just because of his uh, heart issue no uh quite the opposite i uh, the part that the that kevin smith's crew asked uh these guys in the youtube video to remove was stuff that was part of the paywall um so of course not going to play any clips um but he's gone into it a little bit more detail behind his paywall but his official instagram post um this goes, uh, five years ago, I had a heart attack. Happy to be alive today, of course, but also sad to those I've hurt and the damage I've done since surviving. To borrow from Pet Cemetery, sometimes dead is better. However, I'm not dead yet. 
So to borrow once more from a king, get busy living or get busy dying. As much as I want to, I cannot change the past. All I can do is make it better for today. So that's what I'll endeavor to do every day until the reaper returns. Today marks my fifth week without weed. I feel less numb and more present than I have in over 10 years. No judgment on my green friends, but this is how I want to live my life from now on. I weigh 285 pounds the night of the widow maker heart attack, uh, 45 pounds down from my all-time high of 330. Today, I weigh 180, my adult thinnest. Change is possible. If you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're rotting. And I'm done being rotten. Every day is a school day, and I'm willing to learn. Hmm. Good for him. I, I, I could only assume that I can only assume because like, if you're smoking marijuana on the daily, you are still smoking something. You are still putting some type of carbon carcinogen in your goddamn body. Yeah. So at the end of the day, yeah, eat it or do whatever the fuck you want with it. But still better than tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> and he also mentioned recently on another one of the podcasts, Hollywood Babylon, uh, is that he is in Codependence Anonymous. Yeah. And that he's actually going through therapy for codependency. And a lot of people were kind of pointing and going, was he having marital problems? Usually you kind of have a big awakening like that, being like, you know, I was in the dark, you know, this and the other. I wish I could change the past, but I can't. Now he's in codependence therapy. He's kind of clarified in public a little more that it it actually had to do with Zach and Mary. Yeah. That he wholeheartedly believed that between him, Seth Rogen and where the time was and everything that these coming to age raunchy movies were going to make him the success that he deserved to be. It failed. And he wrapped himself in gauze by smoking weed, hiding from the pain. And he's discussed this and he said, that's exactly what he did. And that's when he started, he said to hide from the pain and hide from that failure. He started smoking. And then every time something else happened, he smoked a little more Mm -hmm. and a little more. And then he said he got the ultimate green light after his heart attack. The doctor was like, well, what's probably kept you here today is the fact you were smoking weed. When we told you you were having a heart attack, usually people's blood pressure spikes. They start to worry. You sat there really chill. So honestly, the fact that you were high probably brought you through that heart attack a lot better. And he said after he heard that, he was just like, oh, well, I'm smoking every fucking day now. And the party hasn't revealed was the turning point. The moment he went, this is too far. So that's the only bit that he's not really shared. And everything else, you know, that he has shared behind the paywall will eventually come out in public. But it's nothing more deeper detailed than that. But I do find that rather interesting, though, that some that basically one mate that the final blow to a man and then he kind of wraps himself up in a cocoon for 10 years to recover from that. Well, we all know, you know, marijuana is most harmful thing it's the devil's lettuce electric lettuce whatever you want to call it it creates this jazz cigarette yeah yeah your jazz your jazz cabbage it it creates this idea that women should vote and people should be able to read and shit like that no 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 no. (laughs) No, 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 we we throw that shit out at couch potatoes you know we don't we don't do that no but like like realistically you know it is it comes down to the person when it comes to drug usage you know i'm for i'm kind of going back to like my sociology professor when he says legalize it all if they die they die like (laughs) He was a very, he was a very like conscious man when he talked about that. He's like, if I find out I got the big C, I'm going to blow my goddamn brains out because that's what something I want to do. 
God damn. And he's like, I'm going to do it in a field so no one has to clean it up. But like, he's just like, he's a very practical man. He was an asshole, but like, he's a very practical guy. But like, yeah, like, I got to see like why he would stop smoking marijuana if he's at his fittest, you know. And marijuana affects everybody just a little bit differently. I don't like doing it. I don't like drinking. I don't like doing a lot of things. So I like yeah. to be conscious at, at the highest point I can be. And when I do do something like drink or smoke marijuana or something like that, I don't like that fate, that weird fade away. You know, right. I'm not a fan of that. It's so like when I was taking like painkillers and stuff, I don't like the fade away coming back, you know. So it's, it is all thing about moderation too. So if he's, you know, hanging out with somebody like Seth Rogen in the movie business or anybody else of that, you're, you're going to be smoking every fucking day because yeah. it, it becomes just like cigarettes. It becomes a so, uh, social smoking, you know. I can only imagine what social smoking is on some of the higher echelon people. Even Snoop Dogg even said, he's like, I can't smoke a Willie Nelson because that motherfucker will kill me. Well, there's going to be a big smoke off here soon. Do you yeah. hear about that? Yeah. But like with those, with those kind of guys, it's like, yeah, there's always going to be someone else who handles it better than you or someone who's grown up with it. So I could see he probably ended up in a situation where he probably, he'll probably reveal it on his podcast or whatever, but I can imagine it just got in the way of something he needed to take care of and he couldn't do it because he was on marijuana. That would make sense. You know, like that's another thing about, you know, we talk about people that are on drugs. He's like, Oh, he can't come here because he's a fucking smackhead or some shit. Like, yeah. That, like, that got in his way of life. You know, that's one of the reasons you need to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. So I could see, you know, marijuana being what it is can get in the way of some things. Oh yeah. Like absolutely. even, even on like the most minute detail, you know, his kids are grown and stuff like that. But like, you know, if I have, if I know somebody that's a chronic weed smoker, and they're like, oh, I can't come. I got to pick up my kid. Maybe you should stop smoking weed and go pick up your fucking kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't get behind the wheel of a car. You know, I don't need you fucking blazing it while f- in a blazer. <laughs> and the other thing that um, made me kind of think about this, too, is like for the last, I mean, even before he smoked weed, Kevin Smith was like known as like the stoner guy. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, think about it, clerks, mall rats, chasing Amy, all of that, all yeah. of that was made. And Jay and Silent Bob strike back. All of that was made with a sober Kevin. Like he was not, he yeah. did not smoke weed before then. He say he smoked weed like twice before then. That yeah. was it. But so, his, 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 but his, then ever since he started smoking weed, he really made himself, Hey kids, I'm Kevin Smith, the weed guy. And I made clerks, you know, that's like yeah. his whole thing. Well, his thing was like tobacco and food probably. So. But now <laughs> think about it. He's built an empire on his weed persona. Yeah. He's got deals with backwoods to like do rolling trays and like he he's partnered up with other dispensaries to do like Jay and Silent Bob Snoogan's weed and everything else. Like what does that do to one's brand if all of a sudden you're like, by the way, I'm not even touching it anymore. It's not that I'm just like cutting down a lot and maybe you just I'll smoke every so often, but it's not going to be like my personality like it has been. No, no, no. I'm not even touching it anymore. I mean, he even made the joke because uh, uh, Ralph read an email that's and he was like, uh, "Oh, this one's to both of us." Hey, Kev, um, you know, blah blah blah. And he goes in the very end. Uh, P.S. I was planning on bringing you a pre-roll tonight, but seeing how you don't smoke, I guess I'll have to give it to one of my other friends. And Kevin joked and he's like, "No, no, no, bring it. I'll sell it to someone." So yeah. it's like to the point of like he's not even going to take the free shit anymore. He's going to sell it to his friend. Yeah, what so- does that do to your brand? I don't know. It, it works out fine. Like, old story. Talk about brand real quick. The Marlboro Man. The coolest motherfucker guy on commercials. Guess what? He smoked cools. Okay. So, 
the brand brand awareness is a little too high nowadays. You know, it's just like when you find out that Mr. Peanut is selling his fa- friends and family as peanuts. Like you know, that, what does it have his brand? No, he still has a top hat and monocle. He's still he's still kicking money. You know, still making that Skrilla. So make that Skrilla. I gotta make that Skrilla. Damn bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bitch, don't you want to make some fucking money? <laughs> Talk about butters. Yes. <laughs> the hardest working motherfucker in the town of South Park. <laughs> and in a few weeks, we'll probably have a uh, yeah. season review on yeah. that because motherfuckers are only doing six episode seasons now. Yeah. Yeah, quick content on that. Whatever. <laughs> but no, like brand awareness, I think I think his brand will be fine because it's not just Kevin Smith. It's always Jay and Silent Bob. You know, Kevin Smith directs. You know, it's just like stuff like that. I think his brand will be fine. There's going to be a nostalgia for people because, he, like you said, he makes movies for stoners. So, yeah. Yeah, like he's still in the stoner industry. He's just not that part of the stoner industry. Yeah. Like when you find out, like uh, I remember it was the story of this, uh, the guy who owned Coors hated fucking drinking beer. Like I remember that. I remember hearing the story about that. And that and he didn't want to sell to gays, but like, <laughs> which I was like, gays drink beer too. <laughs> Money's money, motherfucker. <laughs> get that, get that fucking paper. Like, God damn it. <laughs> Quit it. But brand wise, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure you will. Is because I mean, look at look at Jason Mewes. He's yeah. been completely sober for way longer, and he still you know acts the fool in all the movies yeah. too. And so, I, yeah, he's going to be fine. It's just, it is just now if he gets out, like gets live on stage and just does a bump or something, I'm going to be like, God damn, dude, <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, <laughs> kickstart that heart, motherfucker. Let's go. Yeah, Which I, is a more natural substance. It, you know, so cause. so outside of like a Willie Nelson or like you know Snoop, mm. who else could drop weed and you'd be like, whoa, you of all people? I don't know. It's kind of hard because those those are the biggest names in it. Yeah, because yeah. because Kevin Smith was one of those for me. I was just like, no, this motherfucker's gonna die with a joint in his hand. Yeah, I could imagine like if Martha Stewart and said, you know what, I'm gonna stop taking heroin like i can imagine that be a fucked up thing to her brand like yes but no one knew she was doing heroin to start with she's hanging out with snoop dogg and she's a felon you heard it here first yeah, she's the felon not him keep that in mind guys he murdered someone snoop dogg went to trial for murder and he got acquitted she sold some tips about stocks and she's the goddamn felon yep so keep that in mind that white bitch is doing some white girl <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> And I bet you Snoop be like, damn, girl, you crazy. <laughs> damn, girl. I, I think Snoop Dogg hangs out with her because that's the realest motherfucker he knows. I love uh, their partnership with Bic. Oh, God. And For the, candles. And, and other, other stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, she made the greatest lighter already. This, like, right here. Like, you, there's something about Bic. I'm holding a Bic right now. And, like, shaking it at Alex. Yes. But, like, fun fact. If you don't have a Bic, you're fucked. Because these things light every fucking time. Yep doomsday preppers you know i love that show because it's so fucking stupid but at no time did they talk about yeah i gotta i keep a big lighter on me <laughs> every guy on youtube that does camping and self-reliance and all that bullshit keep a big lighter on them well, it's because, not even a knockoff but because it works every fucking time well it's because everyone wants to be all cool and shit and be like no 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 i have a zippo yeah, it the doesn't zippo. blow out in the wind. Yeah, that's great if you're fucking in iraq in the military <laughs> like that's what it's designed for that's that's why the the zippo exists but this was this is the greatest invention yeah technically right up at the printing press and the gun like <laughs> well hell 
think about Bic as a company, though. They make pens. They make they make plates. They make razors. A, every little stupid thing at CVS. Yep. <laughs> it's like Bic is the most like when, when motherfuckers talk about diversify your portfolio. Bic went bet. Yep. <laughs> They're almost as bad as the Koch brothers, who got their hands in everything. Fucking everything, man. Yeah. You want just basic ass water? Too bad you paying the Coca Cola company. Yeah, but like uh, I think uh, somebody did a research. It's like out of everything you buy, six companies own everything. Oh yeah, P and G is probably Procter and Gamble. That's that's the six big one. kitty companies run everything. Yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> it's kitty history, bro. It's kitty history, <laughs> and, and just like they're just just you know fucking basket filled with catnip, and it's just like this eyes wide shut fucking cat party. <laughs> Some cool Caligula shit going on. Yeah, just just fucking. <laughs> wait, what's that? I put them in a trash bag and put a catnip in there. <laughs> They're going fucking nuts. <laughs> well, I think that's enough for our kind of. Oh, one last thing. David, oh, yeah. David Miscavige of Scientology is still on the run. <laughs> David Miscavige, the leader of Scientology, is still on the run. They're charging him with uh, trafficking. <laughs> Oh shit! Really? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a big thing. Um, David Miscavige of Scientology is on the run from the United States government. They've been trying to subpoena him, and they might be changing the rules on subpoenas just because of him. So, Damn. He's on a compound somewhere, probably reading an L. Ron Hubbard book. <laughs> well, go hunt him down, Chris. Yeah, he's probably hanging out with Tom Cruise. Get, get you that Skrilla. Get you that Skrilla. There's no bounty on him yet. Fuck if there was. One of those Scientologists Wait. is gonna be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here and getting paid. <laughs> put, him, put him in my trunk and drive him to the police station. <laughs> Well, you know what that would also sound like? A good TV network dad. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on over to our main topic. Yes, this one's been on the back burner for a minute, but our favorite sitcom parents. This is hard. It really is. Um, one of the first ones that immediately came to mind, uh, because I'd like to do just a full-ass episode on this, but Hal from oh. Malcolm in the Middle. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. The reason I say he's one of the best TV dads is you take Homer Simpson and Hank Hill and mix them together. Yeah. Then you've got Hal from Malcolm in the Middle because he genuinely loves his family. Yeah. He would do anything for them. Shows that multiple times throughout the series. He is ride or die for that family. Yeah. He loves his kids, but he's a bit of a buffoon. Yeah, he a, is a real dad. Yeah, he's he's the campiest dad in live action since probably Dan. Um, Dan Connor from Roseanne, right? John Goodman, and that 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 actually has kind of a hard thing to do. Is like when you compare your the dads and moms and stuff like that. You have a whole slew of people raised on shows that didn't have moms or dads in the show. So like the Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch is a mom who had kids, was a dad who had kids with different marriages, and they came together. Then you had shows like Step by Step, same kind of situation. Then you had other shows where there was one parent. Or like one dad and a stepmom, or a stepdad and a stepmom, or a real mom. You know, like you had all these different ideas of how to raise children, and then you had stuff like uh, like Family Matters, which is a giant coherent family that turned into fucking quantum leap with goddamn Urkel. So like, then you have and it kind of changes the idea of what a family is. So like, one of the best dads, you know, going off how was Uncle Phil. Oh God. From Fresh Bits of Bel Air. Will Smith, in real life, had dad problems. And he saw this guy, who played Shredder, by the way, in, in the animated series <laughs> of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, 
as a father figure and Phil, Uncle Phil, the judge, was a solid rock for a character like that. And you kind of see that play out in other series. Right. The cool thing about Hal was he had four boys, but we only saw three mainly. The other one was sent to military school because he was the firstborn in a fucking fuck up. Um, if I remember quite, if I remember right, he gets sent to military school. Yeah. in the first episode, like the first ba- episode. basically like the first episode, I think is a send off. Cause I remember yeah. very vividly a compilation or like a montage scene where it's like he said one full sentence, but like every few words it would clip to another scenario and he would still be finishing the sentence. And like one of them was like, he got pulled over by the cops. Another one was like a burning building behind him, you know, shit like that. And it's like each time it just got worse and worse. And he's just like, dad, I am so sorry for this clip. I promise it'll never happen again because clip, I never learned from my mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, Christopher uh, Masterson, Dan, Danny Masterson's brother, uh, because all three of them, um, I forget his, his sister's also an actress too. Um, but yeah, the Masterson's are all, well, you know, John, uh, Danny Masterson's hide from that 70s show. Um, and one of these things is not like, like the, the other. other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had, you had fucking Francis Reese, Malcolm and Dewey. Dewey was kind of the, uh, the outlier because the greatest thing about Malcolm in the middle was, all right, Malcolm is special. He has uh, not special needs, but he is accelerated, gifted. gifted. Reese is too. Reese is gifted on certain things. Dewey, however, is the monster. He's the real monster because he has these three fucking brothers to look at as examples of, I want to do it, but I'm going to do it this way. My favorite is the Lego Utopia with Hal. And I think that's the smartest Hal ever was in the series. And he's just like, oh, what are we going to build here? And he's just like, we're building a utopia. And it's just like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. And then he breaks it. He's like, we have to rebuild. And it's just like the creepiest fucking way. And you even see Hal's face. He's just like, huh. I'm raising a sociopath. You're raising the next president of the United States. <laughs> I mean, the future's now, old man. Yeah, the future's now, old man. <laughs> and I love that. I love, I love how it's just like always in, he's always around. That's another thing that needs, that was needed to be represented around that time because we have, we, you know, we've have these sentimental things that we talk about on some of the shows. And like, other than how Homer Simpson is the opposite Homer Simpson is working constantly. He is the buffoon. He is immortal, technically. <laughs> but we get that one sentimental episode where we find out why does he work at the factory. Do it for her. Do it for her because they had a a happenstance with Maggie. You know, Maggie's born. Oh fuck! I can't have my dream job making bare minimum at the bowling alley. You know, doing that was his dream job. And I will say one of the favorite scenes in that entire show is the compilation of like oh, we're gonna have a baby and he starts screaming like pulls out some of yeah. his hair runs upstairs slams the door and then it's like you see Bart sitting there and it's just like we're gonna have another baby <laughs> does the exact same shit it's like has a little less hair now and then it shows the Maggie one is like and then he's got like the last two sprigs and it's like that's canonically how Homer lost all his hair <laughs> and it's also a different time too because what I loved about Malcolm Middle it was a lot like Roseanne it was a uh and we'll talk about it on the Malcolm and Elba episode. But they were the blue collar family. You know, the mom worked in retail or a factory at one point. Hal was Hal was an accountant, I believe, because uh, he he always had this a tie on yep. and he had the white shirt, but he didn't wear a jacket or anything. But Hal Hal is awesome because of his weird uh, 
things he does. One of them is uh, speed walking. Uh, I believe one was uh, roller skating. I forgot about the roller skating arc. Yes, yes I forgot yes. about that. Because it's the same in that 70s show. <laughs> like Another trope, you know, another weird fanny, uh, fantasy thing. You know, <laughs> just like, and his wife. She may have been a yelling bitch, but goddamn, she, she had a reason to be a yelling bitch because her her sons were monsters. Yes, and her job was fucking horrible. Yeah, I, I love he he goes to work with her at one point, and the it was a don't crush the boxes, and I was just like he falls on the boxes and takes the blame. I'm just like because that's the smartest thing he could do at the time, and I'm just like burn it down, dude. Just burn it the fuck down. I love that because I think. Because I feel like he only worked there for like maybe a few episodes before he quit. But one of the episodes where he was working there with his mom, he was bitching and complaining about something. And she's like, okay, I'm going to have to write you up. And he's like, no, no, do not write. You know this is wrong, mom. You of all people know that this is wrong. I'm standing up for what's right. You usually like praise me for doing this. What are you doing? And you see like the real moment of her come out. Like it was no longer mother to son. It was just woman to man. And she just kind of, there are times in life you've got to eat the shit. Yeah. You've got to do the thing. You are an adult now. You have a job. You've got to eat the shit. This is where we are. No. I'm working here. You're already working here. This is our life. You got to persevere. You I'm pushing you because you've got to do better. I want you to do better than me. And part of that is learning to eat the shit now. Yeah. And moments like that, one, show how much the writing was really good. And two, pair that, pair the mom with the dad and the fact that the son is a gifted child. His best friend is a black kid that is disabled and is in his own wheelchair. Uh, The middle son, I mean, the, well, no, Malcolm is the middle son. The uh, no, slightly no, older one. Yeah, there's no middle son. They're all there's four of them. Yeah, uh, the one that's slightly older, Reese. Reese, um, cooking prodigy. Honestly, I would say he has like minor OCD. Yeah, and they are not afraid to be like, yeah, but so what? There are so many progressive things in this show. It would be called a liberal nightmare snowflake show today. Yeah. When in reality. It was the most eye-opening, clear view of the late 90s, early 2000s that could have been put on TV. Yeah, and going into like another show, like Roseanne. Roseanne was the blue-collar show because guess what? They took risks. Yep. They won, which isn't true like for the other 99.9% of people. But yeah, they she worked at a plastics factory. He was a drywall guy. He ended up mortgaging the house stuff like that but the cool thing about those was it was two girls and a boy they they were raising it uh, i do love the kind of breakdown of that because the parents can be wrong in those shows a great example was in the beginning of the of roseanne was they didn't put money away for their oldest kid to go to college and then they judge her for not going to college. And keep in mind, this is still the uh, 80s, uh, late 80s, early 90s. They do not pay for her to go because they don't have the money for it. And when she finds out, she fucking flies off the handle and starts yelling at her parents. Up until that point, you didn't see a lot of kids yell at their fucking parents on television. So, like, 
she was justified in what she said because they kept pushing, you know, she was one of the, she's the oldest. So she pushed herself academically and then it goes nowhere. And she ends up with a guy and running off. But they're wrong again on the second kid because the mom's like, Hey, you need to get out of here, go to college and take the money and run. So they're, yeah, the money and run. They are objectively wrong. And then the dad, Complains. He's like, I was worried that this was going to happen about his oldest kid getting pregnant, living in a trailer. It's like, no, motherfucker, you helped this. You hosted long. Yeah, you you made your worst nightmare come true because you're a fucking idiot sometimes. <laughs> and that that's kind of what I think is kind of weird about you know the animated versus the live action because the live action they're forced to go older. Cartoons they can stay they can stay in 1992 forever. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like the Simpsons. <laughs> well, I mean. You know, I would honestly say during this conversation, you know, we can point to a lot of really good animated dads like Bob from Bob's Burgers, um, Hank, definitely. I wouldn't necessarily put Homer in there. I mean, he definitely loves, but it's like, if we're going like best sitcom, we're not just listing sitcoms as we're talking best. I wouldn't really put Homer in best, but you know what? Let's kind of keep animation out of it. Yeah. I think live action is a really good representation because much how maybe first people's initial reactions would go like, okay, a Malcolm in the Middle or a Roseanne. Another one I thought of that def- definitely doesn't get a lot of love was Grounded for Life. Grounded for Life was fantastic. And I, and I have a strong argument for them being really good sitcom parents as well because what they showed was were the young parents, the parents that weren't ready to give up on their fun days, but now have a teenage daughter and two young boys. Yeah, because they they explained that the mom had her her when she was like 16. Yeah. So at the oldest, the wife is in the show like 32. Yeah. And the dad's probably like 33, 34. And... I love them just because it's an extended family too because it's always the uncle showing up kind of like Roseanne where it's the aunt showing up all the time but like there was this like idea of just like no man we're fine these little burdens of yours they'll be fine yeah and it's just like no god damn it you have (laughs) never trust them with the uncle you don't have responsibilities especially the one where the kid's like acting up and he's just like he's possessed and he throws vodka in his face (laughs) and it's just like oh my god is that holy water no it's gray goose Because he, if you think about it, he's the same. He's that same guy. He's, he kind of reminds me of Julian from fucking Trailer Park Boys. Always yeah. has a drink in his hand, <laughs> you know, just constantly walking around. And the grandpa is part of that in yes. a big way, um, because and, he's kind of the anchor. Because he's still having to educate. Because I think it's the fa- it's the father's father. Yes, because it's, it's the these are my fucking boys. Yeah, one with fucking a slut for a daughter and a fucking alcoholic. <laughs> I think it's about the same guy that played the uh, dad and uh, Titus, Stacy Keach. Yes, and, like that guy was such like was. He reminded me of like a man's man version of a back in the day generation. Yep. He's like back in my day we didn't need fucking uh, car seats. It's like no, you did. You just you, didn't have them, you dumb motherfucker. This is, <laughs> but I love, it's kind of reminds me of that video when those people are complaining that you got to wear seatbelts, you can't drink and drive, yep. and it's just like, what? Pretty soon, this is going to be a communist country, and she's like, and it's like, <laughs> God damn, Miller time. <laughs> but it's like, much like what you're saying with you know, in this show, the parents were also wrong, but they were also when they were wrong, it was never from the kids being assholes. 
it was the kids coming from an innocent place of being like, you, you're genuinely not hearing me. You're not understanding. Like, if you would take a step back from your own ego for a second and hear me, you might understand. And maybe it takes, you know, them disobeying for them to see or vice versa. But at the end of the day, they still let what is correct prevail because there have been times before in episodes where the kids had to just do the thing but you know what they still got in trouble for it or they still did the thing but then the parents were like oh okay we kind of get it and it shows that little bit of empathy it doesn't show the kids are running things the parents still very much have a grasp on the house but it's showing how the young parents can still kind of learn a little bit and how everyone in that family just like you said turns to that grandfather He's the wise one. And I just, I thoroughly enjoyed that show, but it wasn't until I got older did I understand why I enjoyed it because they were a family that was kind of in poverty in New York. So it's like they were living by their means. And then all of a sudden I realized I was like, oh, that was our family. We may have not had a lot, but we had laughs, we had music, we had jokes. And that was everything that show. Yeah showed off and you know i think that a lot of that is you know kind of very it's very important to show because you want somebody to see the visual of that and not feel ostracized when they look around their own house and be like oh wait these people fuck up okay great you know just it's okay you know yeah they talk about you know representation of television that's the best representation being fucking broke (laughs) yes and that's why malcolm in the middle and grounded for life just really worked in that regard both of them were either poor like barely middle class just getting by it's like they may not be living paycheck to paycheck, but they sure as shit don't have a savings. <laughs> it's like, you know, the two biggest shows of the time, you know, Family Matters and uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. One is a broken family home, which is an, basically an uncle and aunt taking in their nephew on an extended basis to raise with their rich kid. And they're rich because the mom is, I believe, in fashion and the dad is the judge. Uncle Phil is a judge. And those and that kind of demographic of family doesn't quite mailed well with the family from chicago like you know the winslows because the mom didn't work she was a homemaker because he lived on a cop salary he was everybody forgets you know mr winslow from family matters was a chicago cop so his idea of fucking of justice is a little bit different but they they made it work and they lived in like a little brownstone house and i think he had a one two three four four kids the oldest was a son yeah, in Family Matters. Yeah, it was just like, that's, that's fucking wild. You know, he's got all these goddamn kids. But it's also the extended family with the mother-in-law, the sister-in-law, and their kids. And the same thing kind of happens in Fresh Pence. It's like, no, you take your extended family in. Grant, granted, it's a weird demographic, but culturally, you know, you help your family and some of us, you know, grew up with a grandmother in the house or a grandfather or grew up at your grandparents' house, you know, or you had a step parent and their parents, you know, became involved in your life. So it's pretty, you know, kind of radical to talk about. But those are very important things to show on television is, hey, it's not weird that our grandparent lives here, you know, because it's not normalized enough. Um, well, I think another show that kind of took that exact same kind of premise, but dialed it up a notch was the Bernie Mac show. Yeah, he took uh, his sister's kids. That was a true story, too. He does it in his stand-up here. He did it here in Charlotte, Bojangles Stadium. Um, Was, let me tell you, Charlotte, let me tell you about my fucking sister's kids. And, like, he talks about how they're fucking pieces of shit. Like, they they weren't raised right, and he's got to raise them. And I remember that show coming on right after, like, the George Lopez show. 
which is another demographic, same kind of uh, same layout as Family Matters. They had the in law in, but she was like a thug because she she's like, yeah, I killed a cholo once. And the other difference with like <laughs> the side note with like George Lopez show, I wouldn't really wouldn't put him on a good sitcom dad thing. He was more I or less put him just down the, as a good person. Okay, like, yeah, just good. It's just he was just the buffoon. Yeah. He, he just played the idiot. Father it was, it was in a that very show. his show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Bernie Mac show talked about the kids and he talked about, hey, what's the importance of stepping up as a parent? Even though it's not your kids, that was the reason I wanted to bring it up. The he showed what is it to be a true parent, and he also sh- taught both the daughter or the the female girl and the uh, kid boy how to be a man and how to be a woman, and didn't treat and showed the boys just like, look, you need to treat women right. Yeah. This is how you do it. You don't he showed them how to be a true, strong gentleman. And, and he, then with the girl, did, he was just like just needed parents. Yep. And then with the girl, he's just like, you my baby girl. Yeah. I love you. You got to be safe. I'm only doing this for your safety. And then there was the youngest girl. She was the devil. Oh, but, but, <laughs> but Bernie, what, she could do no wrong, though. Everything she did, it was, oh, it was just a mistake. And the stand-up, I remember he talked about how uh, the littlest one was the most dangerous one and how she just looks him up and down like she was going to whoop his ass. I was just like, God damn, dude, beat that shit. Beat her little ass. And she's like, this little four-year-old girl looking him up and down like, what the fuck are you going to do? And I'm just like, that's thuggish. <laughs> but it's like, great example again where you're talking about, you know, just a parent stepping up. I would definitely put the bernie mac show as a representation of like a really good like sitcom father i know it's kind of a this would be kind of a thing about stepping up going back to brian cranston as the dad in breaking bad who has to sell industrial quantities of meth so his family could have a life um hey there's multiple shades of good well that's most of unfortunately that's not really a sitcom but good fictional father but yeah yeah but i'm saying like of the the story of brian cranston in the in the fatherhood role uh, it's kind of hard for me to decide which is better walter white or how (laughs) and it's just like oh you can't you watch both those shows it's like man Yes, he's the devil, and he made meth and killed people and may have killed a woman in front of a child and killed his best friend's girlfriend. And the other one's just like, he makes meth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we forget about those episodes of Malcolm in the Middle where he kills all those people. (laughs) Well, here, I'll I'll tee this one up for you because I feel like you could go a decent amount of time on this one. Where would you rank Kitty and Red from that 70s show? Uh, second from the front. Really? That high up? Yeah, they're the second best parents of all on television. And it's kind of hard to do because, like, I give them that extra one because they're a couple. They're an actual couple. Um, and they actually love each other. Yeah. That's something else you don't see a lot. Like, I feel like in all the shows that we've mentioned, love is definitely there. Yeah. Like Malcolm in the Middle. You know they love each other. They may not be lovey with each other, mm-hmm. but you, they love each other. Kitty and Red are lovey with each other. Kitty still kisses Red on the head, you know, and Red still, you know, looks at her and gives her that smile. Red and Kitty are the epitome of patience. That that's probably one of the most because, truest statements well, well, you've said here, on this show. Here's the thing about Kitty and Red. They're not just Eric's parents. Everyone's parents at multiple times throughout the show, Red and Kitty step up to make sure those kids in the basement are safe. Hey, this is Foreman. Hey, holy <laughs> shit. If Red it was actually just Red, he would have stomped that motherfucker to death. But like but like think of think of uh one of the greatest scenes in that 70s show. 
They go to Hyde's house. His mom has left. His dad is nowhere to be found ever. And they're talking about dropping him off at basically the, the sheriff's office because he doesn't have a guardian. He's underage and he doesn't have a guardian. Yeah. And Kitty's like, He'll be put in foster care. It does that, the cry. And well, that's she, not my problem. It's, it's going like, to be fine. She, she guilts Red, and guilt, and I love love Red's thing. I'm tired of being fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> and I'm just like, no one has ever called you Santa Claus, you psycho motherfucker. You fought RoboCop. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and Danny Mastin's face when he's doing the hide. Get, get your, your fucking bag. Get your get, yeah, and they're get, beeping the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Put him in the fucking car and get out there. You have five minutes. The look on his face. Oh, horror! If okay, knowing both of us love watching like the behind the scenes of how certain shows and yep. movies are made. That feels like one of those moments that like they never got to that part during the script practice. Yeah, that was like a one take thing or like either. Um, uh, what's Red's uh, actor's name? Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith. Or either Kurtwood wasn't given it the full 10 the entire time yeah. and then just let loose when he knew it was going to be that I take. think was, that's what the beeps were because it's filmed in front of the audience. Yeah. I think they're just like, God damn it. Beep, beep. And oh, like ad lib. No, he, he said all that. But well, yeah, they, but, but I'm saying like it was ad lib, yeah, maybe not yeah. in the script. Yeah, and that's what High is just like. <laughs> And like just freaking the fuck out, and he goes and grabs his shit, and Kitty just hugs him. He's like, "Let's just get in the car." And he goes <laughs> home, and that that worked out. It yeah. worked out, and now it's his best friend or brother is now technically kind of his brother. And what was cool about Hyde was with Red. Red, when he was younger, was probably Hyde. Because he knew that he had to take the fall for someone who needed help. Because Red, Red back in the day, fought in Korea. So I could see Red before Army was a fuck up who was doing bad shit, joined the military, got his goddamn mind right, met Kitty, and that was it. That's why he likes Hyde. He doesn't like Eric because Eric is very soft. Hyde is from, grew up rough. So did Red. And so that's why they like each other. He doesn't like Kelso at all. because So when they make Pong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So well, see, but that, that was, that's, that's, a, that's an industrial kind of thing. Well, that, but that was going to be my point. I feel like if Kelso was more intelligent, that would be closer to a young Red. No, because Red, Red is... Because Red's got the... Red... Red fucked. Yeah, but Red, Red grew up tough. He grew up tough like Hyde grew up tough. Kelso didn't grow up tough. You hit Kelso, he's like, like oh, God damn it. Like, he's crying like a bitch. <laughs> well, he's a cop. Yeah, he's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody forgets that he's a fucking cop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, he Red makes connections with everybody. Yeah. Um, so does Kitty. Uh, one of my favorite one was Red hanging out with Jackie. Hey, hold the light. And just is like, the engine just lights up. Like, yeah. he, he, she knows exactly where to hold it. Yep. But later on, her dad gets busted for embezzlement. Now, she doesn't have a family like Hyde. And there's a lot of understanding when he finds out, hey, she's been sleeping at the house with Hyde. There's a lot of understanding. And Kitty's just, like, freaking out. What's going on under my roof? And he's just like, Kitty, oh Kitty, Kitty, it's fine. We'll talk about this tomorrow. He's that yeah, dad. Right. And, you know, Eric, I love Eric is just like, because we watched the 90s show, I just love that little that little thing. Oh, you're going. 
or your ass is going in the farm. My foot's going in your ass. And I'm yeah. just like, that should have been a bigger milestone than it should have been yeah. in that show. Because I'm just like, yes, you're turning into your daddy. You fuck. <laughs> but like, you know, like I said, the whole thing with Kelso, you know, he has a, a kind of a heart to heart with Kelso about some things. Um, but the only one he doesn't really connect with is Fez. I was going to say that. But that's yeah. what Kitty was there. Kitty was, because he, because remember, Fez is the odd man out. Fez doesn't really fit in the group yeah. until later on. Then we realize, oh, all of these guys from Point Place suck. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Eric and Red have the best kind of knockout, drag out kind of arguments. One is the hunting trip. Yeah. Where you find out, yeah, Eric could shoot. He just doesn't want to kill something. And Red kind of, is, kind of brings it back. He's just like, oh, I thought you were just a fuck up. And he's like, no, I just didn't want to kill something. He's like, okay, fine, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And Donna's dad is a dumbass. God, Bob. Yeah. So. And I think that's even what makes Kitty and Red look even better is you see a Bob and you're like, that's not the good sitcom dad. Yeah, but compared to the rest of those families, family, our parents on that show. They are the upper echelon. They're where they need to be. They're middle class, but they're where they need to be. Yeah. You know, Red just teaches them, don't default on your morals. Kitty's like, always be helpful, always be kind, and have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yes. I can imagine like, hey, how do you listen to the Osmonds? Easy. You put a record on, light the record player on fire, and crank some Skinner. (laughs) (laughs) Give me back my bullets. Well, I just automatically heard the Freebird solo like that's (laughs) been used in all the fucking memes lately. That song fits too well in a lot of shit. It really does. In a fight scene, like you're like, yep, drunken brawl. (laughs) (laughs) What's kind of rising? We went to that uh, place down in South Carolina. It's just like we were sitting there at the bar, and all of a sudden, fucking White Snake starts playing. I'm just yeah. like steal of the night fuck yeah now we're into stripper music <laughs> <laughs> and then the stripper showed up and then the stripper showed up who, who, who would have thought I'm definitely not me <laughs> times they are changing folks <laughs> but like you know and going into something like it's kind of hard to do like you know when we talk about parents we talk about as, as two people and but when it comes to just dads it's kind of hard to say because like Andy Griffith was probably the best TV dad, and he was a single dad. You know, those are those type of shows, especially his, were the first of its kind. Hey, where's the mom? We don't know. You literally don't know in Andy Griffith. You assume she died, and that's it. But he's raising this little boy, and it's the stories of him and his little boy, and it, it's about life lessons and stuff like that, him putting his hand on Bill Bixby in one episode, and it's like, that's Incredible Hulk, motherfucker. Don't do that. Like, like... <laughs> You don't know what you're doing. Like I was literally, I walked home. I got home one day and I saw that they, my dad watches Andy Griffith a lot, and I do too. And there was an episode with Bill Bixby, the guy that played the Incredible Hulk in the '70s, and I'm just like, holy shit, is that Bill Bixby? Oh, it's Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno plays the Hulk. Bill Bixby plays Bruce Banner. Oh, okay. Got Bill, Bill Bixby is the one you didn't fuck with. <laughs> Bill Bixby looked like a man <laughs> who just broke your goddamn neck later on as Lou Ferrigno. But I'm just like, holy shit. That's, you know, when you see somebody in another thing, you're just like, ah, he brings down the vibe. If, you yeah. know, if you're watching you know, a, a great thriller drama and fucking you know, Robin Williams shows up and it's just like, this is sucking up the vibe. Like, or you're like, really enjoying your combo book movie and then Lady Gaga shows up. Yeah. Just, <laughs> holy shit. Is that, is that Lady Gaga? Just, or at the end of Internals. Is that, 
is that fucking um harry styles harry styles yeah fuck yeah. and pat oswald it's just like holy shit yeah. <laughs> like, what a duo some people do not need to be in the mcu yeah, watch like, out like it, it's kind of funny because like another version of this we're seeing a lot of more television shows coming out with a single mom um there's a new show on netflix as like as good as it gets or something like that or something it's a story of a single mom you know and these shows kind of is that the show that um like for the first episode or two it kind of has like a running money count like it shows her running off with the kid i think so yeah and then it's like she basically has nothing and she's like having to take these odd jobs and you see like a little bit of money trickle yeah, it, like, in. Up and shit. Okay. yeah and then it's like she goes and gets gas and you see like 50 dollars, and then yeah. you hear mom i'm hungry god it's like, damn it <laughs> And then it's like negative eight for lunch. Okay. <laughs> and it's like only the kid eating and shit like that. And then you have like your super niche television shows. Parents that are just bonkers, you know, like like your Munsters and the Adams family, you know. Well, I was going to bring those up. It feels like a lot of people forget those type shows. But you know what? I don't remember Herman Munster ever really being a bad dad. Herman Munster was the best dad. Yeah. Uh, for his time. Uh because he was all because the show about the monsters was about diversity and being different because again a liberal snowflake show today. yeah but at the time it was kind of a placeholder for a show about a black family someone who doesn't quite fit in and the cool thing about Turn all these PC yeah these people being so fucking woke if i hear one more fucker one more one more motherfucker call star trek woke i'm gonna lose my goddamn shit they literally second and Pink ep- Floyd. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fucking Pink Floyd. Roger Waters is so woke. He hates the Jews. <laughs> yeah. Go talk to Roger Waters at one of his shows. That Nazi fuck. And like, get the fuck out of here. And like, with the Munsters, they were like, "Hey, it's f- okay to be different." The greatest speech, which is played on Reddit a lot, or like again, is Herman Munster being like, "There's nothing wrong with being different." Until like a few episodes later, they're just like, man, I feel bad for our daughter. She's so ugly. And it's this blonde bombshell looking young girl. Who's oh, like, yeah. Who's like Smoke the, show. The epitome of like the 50s girl. And it's just like that poor girl. How, How is she ever going to find a date? How is she ever going to find a man? It's <laughs> just like that. That's fucking funny because they're kind of joking on the norm a little bit like this to someone else. You look different, you know, and it plays up pretty good. Um, the Adams family freaks of nature and technically the first spanish family freaks in bed yeah oh fucked every day like hank hill (laughs) every day i'm surprised they only have two kids i'm really am there's no reason she shouldn't have like 15 kids well i'm sure they may have at one point yeah yeah she just kills them (laughs) (laughs) they got eight by gators (laughs) (laughs) but like that's another like object it's just like what do you define as you know they're rich The, the adams family are technically rich but not in the way you would think they're rich. Yes, they they are ghoulish and spooky or uh, kooky. How the song goes? Um, <laughs> I know. I was about to say you're singing the damn song now. They're spooky and kooky, but they're but their relatives are mutant freaks and stuff. I guess. But guess what? They come from a long line of money too. So that's that's kind of the play on it. Is like, yeah, the Adams family come from real money and real monsters, and this is what they are. But the whole time. They love each other. They love. They're always active in their kids' lives. Uh, the movies play it better than the show um, because the movies are fantastic, <laughs> except for the new Rob Zombie one. Yeah, that, well, that's the monsters. But oh well, yeah, you know what I mean by that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So like with those with the live action family member uh, parents, it's kind of hard to pin down. You know, 
the tippy top of what you're looking for because like if you're looking for couples that's kind of hard to do because you have people like Hal and his wife from Malcolm Middle but you also have Roseanne and Dan Connor you know the hard working blue collars and then you have your others like the Winslows and you have you know the Banks from you know which is another fucked up name it's like really their last name is Banks and like they have money like a shit ton of money it's just like you're just throwing that fucking name in the face <laughs> Well, another one that I could think of, too, um, did not really get to shine as long as he should have, but uh, John Ritter in Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. Yes. I remember that show being really good. That was really popular. And I haven't rewatched it any time recently, but when I remember watching it, I remember feeling like this is a good family. Yeah, because it was uh, the two daughters. One was Kayla Cuco from Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah, and Katie Seagal was the mom. And going back to Katie Seagal, oh. the one of the funniest fucking moms, uh, married with children. We, I, I, I don't want to bring them up as good parents because they're not good people. No, that's why we've not brought that show up. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mr. Bundy. <laughs> Ed, it's too close to Ted. Uh, but Ed Bundy, what a fucking animal! <laughs> Dude, that guy was like the man's man asshole. He wanted to be buried in his car, and what was his greatest accomplishment? All them fucking completions in a fucking high school football. He they took that for King of the Hill, and I just love they ran with it. But another part of it was his wife always wanted to fuck. Oh yeah, and he's like, I have it so goddamn it, dude. I was gonna say you got a wife that looks like that, and she wants to fuck twenty four seven, bro. You're good. Yeah, the only problem you had was your neighbors, which was a whiny little bitch and her gay husband, <laughs> gayer than fuck. Had to be, <laughs> had to be the gayest motherfucker on the street. And like he, you know, Al, Al Bundy, you don't have it bad, but he complains all the time. Yeah, he, remember what his job was? He was a shoe salesman. Yep. He had a house and two kids. As was a, a shoe, shoe salesman. salesman. Homer Simpson, to this day, is the only working motherfucker in that house. <laughs> That's the only problem with these parents is this unbelievable lifestyle they have. Oh, wait. What does Homer do? Uh, he He's a derelict who works at a nuclear power plant as a safety operator. He doesn't know how to do it, but he's doing it. He, he has a two-story house with what, a four-bedroom four-bedroom house no way no fucking way in hell that's a five hundred thousand dollar house now yeah yeah and now today it's smaller like like and he lives on a street of other nice houses yeah he doesn't live in the fucking hood flan his neighbor is flanders that minister yeah he that that motherfucker don't live in the hood (laughs) that's the crackers cracker of all those yellow motherfuckers And like, you know, that's another thing I love talking about these sitcoms. It's just like, hey, what is what do they do for a living? Oh, only one parent works. Get the fuck out of here. No fucking way. No fucking way. That's why Roseanne and Malcolm in the Middle hit differently. But uh but yeah, fucking like Grand for Life. I remember all their they had multiple jobs. Like I remember the wife always having to get a different job in that show. That is just like and the daughter worked too. She had a job. Like out the gate. It wasn't like that seventies show where they get older and then get jobs. The daughter? The daughter had a job. She worked at like a video store every now and then. Then she would get what show? Uh, Grounded for Life. Oh, you, I thought you said Malcolm in the Middle yeah, for a second. No. I, I was so. I was lost. I was like, I remember Lois having to get a bunch of different. I don't remember. They had a fucking daughter, bro. I got to rewatch this show. Yeah, he was. Real, it was the <laughs> maybe weed is bad for you. Yeah. I totally forgot they had a daughter. <laughs> got high and forgot. Yep, that's what happens. You get high and forget your kids exist. Yeah, or you uh, according and see this is. The dangers of marijuana, folks. Listen up. 
I will say, as much as Eight Simple Rules was really good, they really fucked up after John Ritter died. Do they, you remember how remember, they I'm, said he died in the show? Yeah, I remember there's a, there was an episode they get a phone call. Yeah, and that right there should have been probably like an hour long episode and probably a finale. I could see them like if it was in, I believe it was like mid season too. It was and. Yeah, I could see the distraught on their faces, and I was like, "You can't make that up." But, 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 but the joke was like he slipped on like orange juice in the grocery store and hit his head. Yeah, and like they played it as a laugh, and I'm like, ah, yeah. I don't I, that that felt really weird, especially you know for funny, someone you, like him. And you know what's weird? John Ritter probably was like, "Yeah, do that." John Ritter, who was a slapstick funny guy from three's company who was literally a swinger like you know hey what's john ritter hey uh, he's got these two women he lives with hotter than fuck what do you do i fuck these women That's what I do. <laughs> and, and fucking uh, barney fife's my goddamn landlord yeah. <laughs> so and like those, those guys you know i could see them having a backtrace a little bit like roseanne her her big thing was if dan was to die he was to have a heart attack and she didn't write it like that, but she reveals it at the end of the season, which we'll go into another episode about best season finales. Oh, yeah. them. And how would you have done it? You know, with the season, with the series finale of like that 70s show, you know, we get some hopeful things about the cast, but Red and Kitty are kind of just like, just still Red and Kitty. Yep. They've always been the same. And I love Red because he's a man of his time in that show. Yeah. He's he's a man of the seventies. His goal through a recession, he's worried about taking care of his family without a job. Mm-hmm. All right. But one of the best things I love about Red was him going toe to toe with them kids on some shit. Yeah. My favorite is uh, I think uh, Hyde and uh Fez are walking through the living room and Red is reading a newspaper and He's like, stop, puts his paper down. What are you doing? He's like, and Hyde, being a smart ass, is like, what do you think we're doing, man? And he's just talking about, he's like, that's what they want you to know. They want to put, they want to put a chip in you so they can always know what you're doing. And Red's comment was, oh, if the crumples his newspaper. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fun fact, that's the newspaper from every sitcom. Yeah. But he, he crumples it. If the government wants to shove a tracking device up your ass, you will salute the American flag and say, thank you. Yes. <laughs> And I'm just like, God damn, that's American as fuck. <laughs> now we carry Best our tracking calm dad. Yeah, now we carry our tracking devices with us. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, like with Hal, you know, Hal is just like slapstick, funny guy. Uh, we talked about it before when he's walking by the door, he's panicking like a motherfucker. He's like, I'll give you twenty five dollars. Just anybody volunteer to take the fall. And then all of a sudden, you hear Lois, Oh my and the kids are like what did you do he's $25 like, he's like no questions none of that's allowed all you have to do is take the fall for me 25 bucks and, was, and, I think was, and then it's like she sticks getting madder close, and madder it's like a Jurassic Park boom boom uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like negotiating with him they're like $40 he's 30 30 30 that's the best thing to do and, 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 and like you see like Dewey's like kind of gently nodding he's just like and he picks him up he's like I love you son you remember that I got him yeah, right I here. got him <laughs> <laughs> because it seemed like because like Malcolm it seemed like the us versus them type situation. Yeah. Like Lois is the only thing keeping this house in order, and that was another thing too. Like this fiction of the uh, of you know the old old way of things. It's like you know the Brady Bunch. You know they got up in the morning. 
fucking spick and span yep. that was a fucking feast of a breakfast on the table because guess what they had an in-house maid that was another weird fucking thing no one's going to relate to uh hey uh who lives in the house uh me my brothers my dad uh my stepmom my and hot, the help and my hot stepsister my shitty stepsister and the young one because <laughs> you know that's another part of the fucking problem it's like how do you want to keep these kids from fucking each other too <laughs> <laughs> but like with that, it's just like there's this fiction of like, oh man, look at this big breakfast layout before you go to school. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Back <laughs> in the middle, you get one ego. Yeah. Because guess what? When they both popped up, one's going to the brother. Yep. Yeah. And guess what? One's just not eating. <laughs> one's on the fly, motherfucker. One's getting that reduced lunch. <laughs> or no, Hal grabs one from the boy's plate as he's walking out yeah. the door. Yeah. yeah. And that was a cool thing about the intro. You know, it's, it's very simple about the intro. It's like it lets you know what what's going on you yep. know that 70s show it's six kids it's six kids hanging out down the street down the street roseanne it's around a table of a family eating together but it's not like dinner it's like a bunch of snacks and there's a lot of chaos going on because it's the mom the dad the aunt someone else the older sister the younger sister and the brother and they're all running around and as it progresses as the show progresses that's all you need to know that it's about a family of these main characters yep. these six main characters all your upper echelon. That's all you need to know. And guess what? It's in a chaotic house, chaotic thing. And that's the best thing about another thing about greatest parents in television is the home itself. Yep. It is so rare to watch them change locations. It is very rare. Uh, at no the house is the house. The, the house is almost the extra character. Yeah. You can't change the house. If you change the house, you change the dynamic of the whole show. Yep. I mean, uh, what, what would happen if the Hills moved? What would happen if the Simpsons moved? Dale would kill himself. <laughs> Hank. 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 I don't like my neighbors. Hank. <laughs> well, have Octavia we... moves in. Oh, my God. Where's, hey, where's my where's my money, Gribble? <laughs> um, but have we missed any good sitcom parents, or are those kind of like the upper echelon? Cause I, For us, I'm those run, are the biggest ones. Because I'm running through a couple others in my head, and I wouldn't necessarily rank them that good i could think of some just off the wall parents especially like dennis leary from from rescue me as it's like the yeah. most chaotic motherfucker maybe that needs to be another episode that i the do most not, chaotic I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want that families. motherfucker as a parent as no. much less a fucking friend <laughs> <laughs> but yeah some of the newer shows have actually showed you know some pretense on on best parents you know, like uh, my parents watched that show, Young Sheldon. Yeah. Every time I see it, the dad in that show reminds me of Dan Connor, John Goodman, because he's a larger than life guy. Yeah. And he's just trying to make it work. And they kind of fucked him up because the it's a preamble show to Big Bang Theory. Yeah. In that show, they describe the dad as being abusive and an alcoholic. But the guy who does them. Is so good they had to rewrite his story because they didn't people were negative like this guy can't be a drunk and beat his wife. This guy's too fucking lovable. This guy's given life advice for his daughter, his oldest son, his girlfriend, and his shitty OCD manic fucking child here. Yeah. He's super smart. So no, we have we can't make him be a piece of shit. Even though there are like thirteen seasons of Big Bang Theory of just yeah, the dad's a piece of shit. Yeah, from the back in the back, and it's just like get the fuck out of here. You, <laughs> you guys fuck. You made him too likable. You, you dumb, dumb motherfucker. You dumb motherfucker. <laughs> now I will say some of the parents I do hate are the parents from like Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. 
dumbest dumbest fucking people well that's why i say I, and, I, and that's, that's but that's a show that doesn't focus on children yeah you know that's that's the big thing about all these all these people have a 18 or older children um i could bring up the cosby show but do you see how he cleverly kind of skirted the cosby funny, show? funny funny story if you do the math on the cosby show uh when they meet he is 21 and his wife is 15 if you do the math on uh, when they talk about when he meets his wife and then marries his motherfucking wife well, the whole guy does a whole youtube video about the cosby show and math it is fucking horrific <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen i think i'm gonna leave you on that to think about for a little bit uh and if you've made it this far i do have a little ps here i meant to put this in the news segment but it actually just kind of works as a nice little ps especially considering we just worked off um a bill cosby reference um have you seen the latest from ye mr kanye no the, the the church of ye has not given me any new knowledge okay so uh we'll uh round this episode off um by i'm going to show you this photo here chris uh kanye posted this i, I will happily describe it to the uh, listeners at home once i show it to him he posts a screenshot of the cover for 21 jump street okay uh the jonah hill film with the caption uh watching jonah hill in 21 jump street made me like jewish people once again no one could no one should take anger against one or two individuals and transform that hatred towards millions of innocent people no christian can be labeled anti-semitic knowing jesus is a jew thank you jonah hill i love you Ladies and gentlemen, if by the small, small, teeny tiny cunt hairs fraction of a chance that uh, there's any listeners here that has um, any sort of contact with ye um, whatsoever, get the boy his meds. I he is not okay man <laughs> i've never cared for his music i don't care for him as a person but just as a human you being, think if adolf hitler were, saw 21 jump street he would have just canceled the whole holocaust bro i need to rewatch this fucking movie if Apparently. it if, if it gets defcon 5 fucking kanye to like chill out and like shave his mustache and like take off the armbands i mean shit <laughs> <laughs> I might need to rewatch this film. Mm. I'm surprised it wasn't nominated for something. But ladies and gentlemen, that's the Couch Potatoes. If you like what you hear, definitely hit that subscribe button so you get a notification every time we post a new update and join our Discord. That way you can give us episode ideas, chat with us about the episodes, and just become a friend. We like friends. And Chris, as always, now that you're actually having to make treks over here, thank you so much for making the trip. And do you have any sort of final thoughts for the listeners i forgot the greatest sitcom mom of all time is the mom from snowfall if you could trust your son to sell truckloads of cocaine with a white guy from the cia along with your sister-in-law and marijuana gun-toting brother you are the best fucking mom out there we support you 